Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burr. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, back with you guys as always. And today, we welcome in another NFL draft writer, one of the best in the business. He writes for Pro Football Network. It is A.J. Schultz. And A.J., uh, first of all, I always like to ask my guest here since COVID started how everyone's doing, how's your family doing during these difficult times, because as we know, uh, we're all going through an extremely difficult time in our history. We are, uh, we're all doing great. You know, nobody's, nobody's had any health issues. Nobody's been sick. Uh, we've been very, very fortunate in that aspect. So, uh, I mean, we don't, we don't hardly leave the house anyway. So, uh, we've, we've, we've taken enough precautions and we feel pretty, pretty good right now where we are. And you we're just hoping for that continued health. Yeah, definitely wishing the best for you and your family uh, during this time and going forward. Uh, and, you know, look, we're uh, you know still going through with everything when it comes to the NFL draft. Uh, the Sanfell Scouting Combine, of course, did get uh, did get uh, canceled. So it is going to be a little bit different this year. But April's yeah. draft is still on. It is still going to be probably similar to what we saw last year. But they did have the Senior Bowl this past week. The Tar Heels with two guys that could participated in the Senior Bowl. And the guy that shined down there there was Michael Carter, one of the best running backs out of the group, one of the most productive days on Saturday as well of any offensive player on the field. And I think it really uh, you know, reflected in the latest mock draft that you put out. You had Michael Carter as a guy uh, early in the third round going off the board to the New York Jets. What did you think about Carter showing down in Mobile? And ultimately, do you think that uh, you know he's a guy that has a really promising upside when it comes to his NFL future? Yeah, Michael Carter, to me, I was a fan of Carter coming into the Senior Bowl, right? I mean, you watch those North Carolina running backs, him and Javante Williams were just awesome all year. They were fantastic. But Michael Carter, to me, really showed in those drills the continued stuff that I'd seen on tape, but it was really nice to see 
can continue to do it against you know, with a different offensive line, with a different quarterback handing him the ball, mm-hmm. in a totally different kind of offense than the, North Carolina. And you saw the the manipulation with his eyes, his footwork, his vision. That was all really on display. I thought he looked great in the receiving drills as well. So it really was just like cementing Michael Carter in that top group. Like I think he was probably the biggest running back winner of the senior bowl because he just, he looked like, like he belonged. He, he looked like he was ready for the NFL, just going to town. He was handling his business like a pro all week. And I, he, me, me and a few of the other guys at PFN have had a few debates between Javante Williams and Michael Carter. And to me, the senior bowl just really put Carter above Williams. In my opinion, hmm. like personally, I still think Javante will get drafted first though. Well, his teammate Chaz Surratt played with them on the national team, of course, played with them at Carolina, too. Uh, he didn't have as successful of a week down there, got uh, banged up, didn't play uh, in the game on Saturday, actually missed the final yeah. practice as well. Uh, but I-, I think that there were still some people that uh, kind of, you know, they, they – Knew some things going in about him. I still think, you know, there are some question marks about him in terms of some of the stuff that he does in coverage, uh, playing off of just really pure instincts. But what did you see from him, and where do you think he kind of fits in in this draft? Because I feel like there are some people that think he's a second-round guy. There are some people that he thinks think he probably slips into the third round. Where do you land on that spectrum? Yeah. To me, I think he's probably a safer bet in the third round. Uh, he's a difficult projection because guys like you guys who are always around the ball like Chesseret is typically find that continued success in the league, right? You know, no matter how the, the athletic traits, no matter this, I mean, Surratt's had like what, 200 tackles the last couple of years, mm-hmm. despite a recent move to linebacker, like that kind of stuff translates and it really shows up. But he's an he's an odd fit, and he's going to be. I think he turns twenty four this month. I could be wrong on that, but I know he will be an older prospect going into the draft. Uh, and so, and like you're saying, there's those issues with coverage. But I think the production is there, the intangibles are there. He's he's a good athlete as well. So I really think that third round, maybe fourth. You know, because they're like, oh, the senior bowl, the injuries, we're not really sure. Mm-hmm. So it's, I would say in that round of three to four range, it's difficult to kind of get a projection because this linebacker class has so many different opinions about it. With with almost every player, you've got a different answer at your order with these linebackers among scouts. So, But I, I do believe Surratt has put himself into that upper tier of these linebacker prospects. Well, let's talk about Javante Williams. You mentioned that you think that Michael Carter is probably a better overall prospect than him. But uh, again, Mike, uh, you know, Michael Carter is a fantastic prospect in his own right. Javante Williams, a guy uh, that a lot of people are looking at and have become really high on, especially with how productive he was this year at the college yeah. level. Uh, you know, he's in your second round in the latest mock draft that you have. I think yeah. the destination that you have him at as well 
well is very, very interesting. Um, but, you know, do you think that he's a guy that people are still going to be high on as they get towards the draft? And do you think there is a conversation for him to be up, uh, so, you know, in the conversation with guys like Travis Etienne and, and Najee Harris to be one of the first couple of running backs off the board? Yeah, it's it's difficult with without a combine to really show the athletic profile because with the way the pro days are going to be, some people are going to put stock into it. Some people are kind of going to be skeptical. Mm-hmm. I like I really like Javante Williams's tape. Like these two are running back three and four for me personally. So it's not like Javante Williams is a bad player. It's just with running backs. You know, it's kind of been that way for the last few years that Najee and Travis Etienne have just been that. They're just way up here to the rest of these guys. And I think Javante and Michael Carter both really gained a lot of significant ground on these two. But I don't know if Javante's going to be, like, in contention for the first round. I think the second round is a, is the right sweet spot for him. Uh, I really like Javante Williams. He's just so tough to bring down right i mean you watch that poor miami game like they could not figure out how to bring him to the ground half the time so he what he does translates really well to the pros and it's going to lead to him being a productive pro it's just with the way the running backs have become in recent times with draft value it's really tough to get a gauge Mm -hmm. on just how many guys are going to be top 50 picks and to me right now as it stands that's going to be Najee and ETN well the Carolina had a great backfield duo that of course is going to be trying to get drafted they also have a great wide receiver duo that is going to be trying to get drafted you are a probably the highest at that I've seen so far on Diami Brown and 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 I like it because I think that Diami a lot of the stuff that he does translates to the NFL level. Why are you so high on Diami Brown and do you think that, you know, the thinking around the league is is somewhat similar to where you're at at this moment? Well, Diami Brown is to me I've always I really like the competitiveness he plays with. Right in and Daz Newsom is much the same way, but Diami Brown to me is a really it has that build up speed that I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that this guy if he could take the top off the defense mm-hmm. really quick, that deep threat is there. I like his length. I think he's got great length. But to me, the thing that stands out for Diami Brown versus a lot of the deep threats in this class is he tracks the ball very well. He's great tracking the ball over his shoulder. When, it, when the ball is in the air, Deami Brown's going to go find it. He's going to compete his tail off to go get it, which, you know, there are so many guys who can just run a 4-3, but when that ball's in the air, they just don't have a clue. But Deami Brown is in that next tier of deep threats because he does a good job tracking it. He's got good coordination to go out and find the ball. And the drops are there. I won't lie. The drops the drops are certainly there in, in that might have an issue, but drops can be a corrected issue because I don't think it's a concentration problem with him. So I think when you just look at his overall skill set, the value as a deep threat, I think that's starting to translate more and more to a game that's just getting faster and faster and faster, and everybody's looking for that next guy. 
Well, you talked about Daz Newsome. Uh, he was an extremely productive wide receiver for Carolina, yeah. ranks in the top five in most of the programs were receiving uh, major receiving categories and had a pretty yeah. solid year. He started out a little bit slow but really woke up as the season went along. Why is he a guy that it seems like he's a lot lower on the boards than the production would say? Is it really just the fact that he's a slot receiver and that is an extremely limited position? What's your take on that? It, to me, I don't think it's an issue with Daz Newsome personally. Um, you, you have, the the wide receiver group in this class is so tight in that rounds two to four kind of range, mm-hmm. where there's so many different guys in that area, and so you're going to see guys slip down the boards and. With Daz Newsom, it just kind of seems like right now is one of those guys because the Senior Bowl, you've got you had guys like Shai Smith and Kay Johnson and a few of these other slot guys really show up to the Senior Bowl and put themselves on this next tier from where they were. And so Daz, I think, is just kind of getting a byproduct of that. I think Daz will be a very productive pro. I think a lot of what he does as a slot guy translates and slot and pure slot guys these days are more and more valuable than they than they used to be so i do think that he will be a productive pro i just think that right now he's almost a victim of circumstance in the position he's playing at right now no combine and the chance to really go through those drills is going to cause a lot of guys to kind of slip through the cracks a little bit and, and unfortunately, I, it, it does seem like Daz is that guy right now. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think having a combine would have been huge for him, uh, but unfortunately it doesn't go that way. Although I do like, uh, as as a Tar Heel guy and the opportunity for him to potentially be able to play, I do like the spot that you have him at with the Philadelphia Eagles. As a Giant fan, that one hurts me a little bit. I wouldn't want to see that, but we'll end up seeing where he goes to. Uh, I by, by the way, I mean, man, you were on it right after the Senior Bowl finished. You had that mock draft up in the snap of a finger. You do such a great job covering everything uh, for Pro Football Network when it comes to the draft. So tell people where they can check your stuff out uh, if they want to keep up with the, uh, some of the best stuff when it comes to uh, the draft as we head towards April. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Draft Scout. Uh, you can check out my work on Pro Football Network. You can check out the Pro Football Network mock draft simulator as well. You know, Be sure to send me some of yours on there. Um, I will be releasing hopefully sometime soon kind of a a big board on Twitter. So if you're interested in seeing that kind of how I'm stacking guys and ranking guys, uh, that will hopefully fingers crossed be up here soon. So, um, yeah. And I really appreciate you having me on, Uh, you know, I love, I love all five of these guys that we talked about. They're all really talented players. I think they're all going to be very productive pros. Yeah, I appreciate you stopping by. It's always great to talk about the NFL draft when it comes to the Tar Heel guys on the podcast, and especially this year where it feels like you've got guys that can really go there and, as you said, make a difference, establish themselves relatively quickly. Uh, And this is the first time in a while where it's felt like that. So it's always awesome uh, to be able to talk about these guys as they get ready for the next level and great to talk uh, to these NFL draft guys because I know that you guys put in just so much work uh, when it comes to covering uh, one of the more exciting times of 
year, I think, at least personally for Absolutely. me as a big a uh, as a big football fan. So, hey, AJ, take care, man. Uh, best of luck to you. Uh, keep up with the great work, man. Uh, April is just around the corner, so I know these next two months are going to be a grind for you. Um, but we wish you the best, man, and uh, enjoy the NFL draft uh, at the end of April. All right, man? All right. Thank you, man. Thank uh, you. All righty. So that is A.J. Schultz of Pro Football Network stopping by with us. You heard him there uh, talking about the Tar Heel draft prospects. Five guys that are attempting to get drafted, and it seems like right now uh, all five guys will probably be taken sometime during those three days in April's draft. Of course, that'll take place April 29th through May 1st. It is expected to be, once again, a virtual draft. And we'll have you covered on all those fronts. Uh, once they get sort of through the that whatever they're doing for the scouting combine, it's it's totally different. It's basically just your pro day, and they'll turn it into a combine. That's pretty much what they're going to end up doing. Uh, we'll have you covered on that front. We'll kind of reset uh, where people have them on their mock draft boards, uh, and that you know we'll, we'll also have you covered on draft night whenever the guys get drafted. This is going to be the first time in a while where we're going to be keeping an eye on multiple names to get drafted during the first couple of days, and then even into day three. So we'll have all that coverage for you on the website right now some great stuff up there uh, just a couple of days ago National Signing Day uh, the, the normal or the regular signing period I should say uh, rather uneventful uh, which has become over the last couple of years but Carolina did land a commitment in Dante Balfour so make sure you guys go back and read uh, the breakdown of his commitment uh, as well as the weekly storylines article that we have while we're covering the Tar Heel football offseason which is moving along rather quickly as we head towards what will be a very exciting spring camp for the 2021 Tar Heels. Also on the website we have all the coverage that you need for the basketball team. You guys can make sure you go and check that out. Of course we had you covered with the Duke game which took place yesterday so make sure that you guys go back and check out the recap for that uh, as well as uh, a couple other great features that we have up there on the website uh, when it comes to Caleb Love, Anthony Harris, Armando Baycott, all those great articles that are up on the website. We've also had a new writer that has joined us. Uh, she's been putting up some great stuff. Sarah Wiley uh, just joined our staff here at the Heel Tough blog, so make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for three writers that have you covered on the basketball front. And then, of course, baseball right around the corner will have you covered once again this year uh, with the weekly recaps that we did a year uh, last year before the season was, of course, shut down by COVID-19. Make sure you guys like and follow the Facebook page as well. That's the best way to get all of those articles, but also also a great way to watch the podcast when we come back to it, the live videos. You can also watch the waveforms that we put up. That's a really big hit as well. Uh, so you guys can uh, go ahead and like and follow that Facebook page for us. We'd really appreciate it. It'll also help you guys out when it comes to all of our content. And then for the people that are listening to the podcast, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you are on. The rating and reviewing moves us up some of those rankings when it comes to Tar Heel Podcasts and when people search us they'll be able to find us they'll be able to join the family they'll be able to listen in to all of the great content that we have for you guys here on the heel tough blog podcast and when you subscribe all that great content that we talked about it'll go right into your podcast player so whenever there's a new edition of the heel tough blog podcast it'll be waiting for you right there and you can go ahead and listen to it anytime you want so once again want to thank aj Schultz for stopping by with us want to thank you guys for listening and as always go tar heels